Hey, hey, hey! Hola! Welcome back to Spilling the GNT Podcast. You're here with Paulo. And Dr. Tom. Now, we're here to give you the opinion you never really asked for. We're giving it anyway. That's right. Now, Paulo here's a performer. Hey, and Dr. Tom's a psychiatrist. Hmm. And we're here to give you our professional... Professional. Professional review on... Drag, Drag Race, Race España. España. Not down under. <laughs> so, let's raise a glass. Or a bottle. And start spilling... The GNT. Podcast. Clank! Sorry, it's just, you know what, with Drag Race Down Under coming out literally the day before oh, España, yeah. mm-hmm. my mind, I, I just haven't yet transitioned over, you know? <laughs> you, you are I'm transitioning, in, aren't you? I, yes. I'm, still, I'm still down under. Yes, and you've come all the I'm, way up to another hemisphere. I'm fighting my way Different to the continent, top. you yes. really are. But yes, this is Drag Race España, and it we is. will be looking at it as episode three. Episode three today, yeah. Now, the great thing about us doing the podcast one right after the other is that obviously you've listened to the previous <laughs> one. You so have. there's no preamble. We literally get to get straight into yeah. España. Sorry, guys, no pleasantries. Unless there's something that you want to talk about, Tom. Not, not particularly. Do you know what? I'll still ask you, yeah. how's your day been? How you been? Lovely day today. Very What's relaxing. What's up? Tell me something good. Tell, Tell me, me something good. Hey, Miley, what's good? Hey, Miley, what's good? <laughs> uh, what's been, it's just been a very relaxing day today. Just had a couple of, like, chill glasses of wine. You know, wandered around the house, did some, you know, bits of cleaning and things. Tom, that's boring. Uh, no, but it's nice. It's a nice, like, chill it's thing different to nice. It's nice. It's different. It's we, went out, we went out for dinner last night, which was lovely. We went to one of our favorite uh, Japanese restaurants in Liverpool. To the Etsu. Etsu. Yeah, that's good. indeed. That's it. Um, really? It's just been a really nice chill weekend. I do I do think having a glass of wine makes household tasks kind of enjoyable. That's that really is a <laughs> That's the sign of an alcoholic. <laughs> I enjoy cleaning when I have a cocktail in my hand. It just it works. And I and I got my music on, Yay. the music in the background is playing, and I'm making me like uh, what's my favorite go-to drink when I'm cleaning? It's a uh, porn star martini. Oh yeah, it's a very cleaning drink. That it really is. It is. It's yeah, cleansing. Yeah. It cleanses the mind, the body, the soul, and the house and the floors. And the floors. Yes. <laughs> so it's really good. It's good for everyone. You know what? If I'm drinking, everyone's gonna have a good time. Oh, you too. It's just so much easier to be around when you're but, drinking. But, oh. <laughs> oh, but you really want to fight. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, look, <laughs> what do we know so far? So we're on episode three of Drag Race España. We'll yeah. say goodbye to the Macarena, who I hope we get to see come back. Because yeah. actually, really, it's been episode, well, it's been two episodes since. And I still have a soft spot for Macarena. I feel There's like... something about Macarena that I really enjoyed... Uh, her spirit, the way that she's quite uh, loquacious. Loquacious. Yeah. Loquacious of Vogue. And I just want to see her back. I, I think it's a shame, like it is for many queens, that uh, there's this like fashion construction challenge in the first episode. It's not her forte. She would have excelled at you know, the last one. And we know that it's some sort of branding challenge this episode as well. They need to stop making the first few challenges fashion. Well, do you know... Pure white couches. Limos. Elegance. Fashion. Did I already say fashion? Do you think I already said <laughs> I really said think they fashion. need to stop making the first episodes, in my opinion, fashion designer because you're nothing more than a model. And it's not America's next top model because you bring all of these designs. When I see a queen, I want to know what they can give, how they can, how they can be funny, or how they, can, what their personality is. I and don't, I don't think that bringing a designer dress that you have, you didn't make. It's nothing from what you've done. 
determines whether or not you get to stay in a competition for drag queens longer. I, I do see where you're coming from, but, you know, it's RuPaul's Drag Race in the end, and a strong part of Ru's brand is fashion. I mean, her first hit single was Supermodel. So it is a core part of what she perceives a drag queen to be. I think there are two different aspects of doing the kind of, like, fashion-first episode. In the kind of, like, mainstream seasons they've wandered more into what have you brought please put on a fashion show don't make it you know that they've done that for the past few seasons haven't they um but a lot of the seasons and obviously espana did it as well is that what can you make challenge which is different they are two quite different things they're both fashion challenges but one you know benefits you if you've got money and connections the other one benefits you if you can make something and if you're creative and you have you can sew it's, it, it, I find it interesting. I, I, I like the fashion challenges. I don't mind it. I like it too, but you just I don't think it's think unfair it should, that it's first. Yeah, I don't think it should be the first thing that determines whether or not you... You're kind of determines your longevity in the show. It goes back to the first few seasons, though, because like seasons one and two... But they had to make them. That's the difference. What's happening now is that who's got connections to Marco Marco? Who can make me a nice dress? And they're the ones that stay. Okay. But in the first few seasons, they had to make it themselves. And that kind of is in the drag art. Well, you're talking about because... Macarena going home and she made that. So what? what's your point here exactly? No, I'm not... Taking away from Macarena, like the majority <laughs> of the time now, it's a lot of the queens who do have the personality are going because they can't... They don't have the connections with the fashion people. Yeah. Like, if we look at... I so, mean, the, like, the difference between, say, Simone and Joey J. Joey J just didn't have the connections and didn't have a fantastic taste level either. Well, yes, there'll be Whereas, an example. you know, Simone walked in actually dressed by the likes of Marco Marco. Yeah, okay. You, you know? That, that's kind of what I was going for, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I do think that's... I do... I agree with you. That is quite well, unfair. Well, like, things like... Uh, the Ele- Electra, Electra, who is a great dancer, is a great performer, entertainer, mm-hmm. but like her fashion. <laughs> it does leave, you know, that does leave a lot to be desired, but we know that she didn't have the, the resources. That's she why I that. re- everyone was so anti when season 13 did the lip syncs in the first episode. I was, mm. I was like, yay. Yeah. So I, I was, everyone was like, oh. What was the worst episode ever? They had to do lip syncs. I was like, ah, uh, sit your ass down and shut the hell up. I, uh, hmm. Wow, we for, for the first time we get to see them perform, uh, you know, unless they're not lip syncing for their life, we got to see everyone perform. Wow, thank God that's I, happening because we're seeing every other time, every other time it's them bringing dresses that they haven't hmm. made. It's, we always get to see the fashion. We, we don't get to wait. You have to wait, really, until the final episodes to see if they can even perform. Okay. And I, by then it's too late. I do agree with you that that is probably more of a core facet of what we'd expect a drag queen skill set to be. You know, lip syncing encapsulates a lot of the skills that a drag queen should have in terms of performance. Um, So it is probably fairer. I will say, if you're going to do a fashion episode for the first one, it is fairer to have a construction rather than a bring-your-own-fashion challenge because it levels the playing field. It does, yeah. Um, And be a smart girl like Maxie, you know, learn a pattern before you come in. Uh, learn have a few sewing lessons so you can be competent in that challenge yeah i mean it should be a, a given to do that 13 it, seasons and yeah um not including the international seasons mm-hmm. to get yourself booked in to a sewing class maybe do as maxi did go visit your friend vanity figure out then. a flattering pattern so we say goodbye to the macarena last week we say goodbye to drag volcano an absolute feast for the eyes such an interesting artist mm. so you know she is a really visually stunning queen um but unfortunately she wasn't able to translate that visual impact into the girl group challenge 
Who are you voting for at the moment? So far, we've got Hugasio and Carmen, who at the moment are at the top. They've both got one win mm-hmm. each. And no yeah. bottom twos. Killer Queen, um, Sagittaria, Puppy Poison, and Inti, uh, none of them have been in the bottom or the top. But we do have Davina, who's lip synced, and Arancha, who's yeah. lip synced. So those two at the moment are at the bottom. Who who are you rooting for at the moment? And what are your thoughts on some of these queens? I'm looking at my list of queens here, and so many of them are interesting and likable. Um, I've seemed to have, like, I've got some sort of soft spot for Arancha. I think she's got some sort of X factor. I find her um, entertaining. I think she's a great talking head. I think she's naturally funny. Um, Killer Queen, I think, is being slept on. So I always, Oh, my gosh, yes. I always like an underdog. So part of me is rooting for her as well. And also, she quite often leaves comments on the Instagram. Shout out to Killer Queen. <laughs> <laughs> Our friend of the pod. Friend of the pod, friend of the pod. Yeah. Um, but even like, you know, the likes of Dovima, Inti, they're so intriguing. I love their aesthetic. Carmen's a superstar. I, I think she's top three material. Poopy is is due a win soon, I think. Poopy is clearly a great all-rounder. I feel like Poopy and Carmen, and maybe I've already said this, are the Vivian and Davina of the mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. As in, I'm pretty sure, in my mind, what the way that they come across to me it's though that them two are well-known and established queens yeah. who haven't yet, who don't run in the same circles, mm-hmm. who haven't really talked to each other, but know of each other, know of each other and yeah. have met each other in a competition. And so they're doing the whole, like, I can see you from a distance, uh, I'll yeah. keep my eye on you, but I'm not going to acknowledge your star power. And similar to Davina and Vivian, um, Poopy's got more of the veteran vibe. Carmen's got more of the, like fresh take yes, vibe. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do think Ugathio is a fantastic visual artist Uga- as well. Ugathio. Ugathio. Is that th? Th? I, I don't know if you're trying to. Um, the, the, the I don't C- know if you're coming for ketamine with a lisp. No. That's why I'm like, why you? Could, is it is it Ugathio no. or is it Ugathio? I, I, I was like like Barcelona. Ugathio. Tom, you're you're really. You can't do that. Kilimine is a amazing no, queen. Leave her lip alone. It's, it's a thing in Spain. Caesar often pronounces a th if they have a little curlicue underneath. Okay, I'll, but, I'm gonna um, have to take your word for it. But we are, we do have a good <laughs> listener listener membership. Yeah, in uh, Spain now. Guys, please correct us. Okay, um, so no, please correct Tom. Tom, Doctor Tommy's correction. Thank you. Um, Ugathio, I'm gonna say Ugathio. Um, Ugathio uh, was on her Instagram this week um, talking about how her look, uh, the, her Lavaneno look, apparently she got a little bit of a backlash because it wasn't like, the brief was inspired by Lavaneno. Nobody said that they had to do an actual look of Lavaneno. Okay. So she, she was such an amazing artist. She explained how each piece of the outfit connected to different aspects of her. It was really, really interesting. You can check it out. I think that Ugafio mm-hmm. um, is just such a cerebral yeah. person. Everything. I mean, when I think of someone like Ugafio, I, th- I think of someone who's just so in their own mind. and Everything is meticulous and detailed. Mm-hmm. And even the way that um, Ugafio speaks with his hand and his, he actually speaks with his whole body. Yeah. Because his design, is, is, is nothing just happens by accident. Everything is there. For uh, everything has a purpose, everything's there because it should be there, and that's the kind of way I see his mind working. Yeah. It's just so methodical and meticulous. I th- I think yeah. What what do you think about Fabio Furia? Yeah, um, just uh, just stunning. 
Um, and yeah, she was great... we're not getting much airtime from Sagittarius. Stunning yeah. and a great performer. I loved her Britney-esque take on things last week. I, the other thing I like as well is that nobody's getting, nobody's being shoved into a proper villain edit. We see all the girls saying shady, funny things about each other. So nobody's pegged as like some terrible villain. There, are, it, It's just, it's framed in a really healthy way. This is how drag queens talk about each other. Whether that changes as it goes along, I just, I just like that, that that's how it is. Nobody's being given the Roxy or the Fifi treatment. Yet. Yet. I mean, there's only two episodes in. If anybody does, it'll probably be poopy because she's got a lot to say, but it's very entertaining. Yeah. 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 And TV shows like this, it's hard to distinguish between someone being the bitch and someone just being a drag queen. And for us as well. For me, I always, mm. I find someone confident and the way that she's presenting I just see that as someone being a, a successful drag queen and I enjoy it. Yeah, definitely. And also, I think it's interesting for us because some of the tone will be lost in translation. So yeah. we do just have to do our best. Yeah. So that's what I, I think. I think it's a great cast. I do want Fabulous. to see more and more of them. So Drag Volcano is gone because Arancha sent her home. She did. You're right, Arancha. There's something about Arancha that's just very real. Yeah. Very genuine. She's like kind of a door. No, I think she's more like a cut here. Okay, maybe she's a combination of the two. Maybe no. she's her own thing. Yeah, maybe Ar- she's just Arancha. Arancha Castilla-La Mancha. Okay. That's her name. Cool. Thank you. I... It, we should have realised because it rhymes, doesn't it? You know how we struggled with the pronunciation of her name, but it's Arancha Castilla-La Mancha. I... Okay. So I don't rhymes. know. <laughs> I, I, it's not it's because I don't want to say it wrong that I only just say Arancha because I know that that's right and I don't want to try to tempt the others. Well, not until I'm like, some of us are a little bit more worldly and multicultural. That's unless all I'm absolutely sure. But look, let's get into the next episode. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, so so we're back in the workroom. Um, the, the girls are chatting at Anchas, cleaning the mirror as is, as is traditional. They, uh, what I like is that, again, they speak fondly of the girls who've gone... Uh, there's just such a nice tone this season, I think. They congratulate Arancha for winning the lip sync and congratulate Carmen for winning the episode. So, again, just, like, nice vibes. Um, again, like, Poopy's getting so much airtime as a narrator, don't you think? Well, she's got a lot of great things to I say. I think so. She's, she's a I mean, there's a lot narrator. of things. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I'm going to say that I'm going to take from it. Mm. Um, when Carmen sees something nice, she's like, oh, she's holding a meeting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say that because you do it all the time. You do it all the time, Tom. So I'm gonna be like, oh, everyone, agenda. Who's writing the minutes, please? Tom's holding a meeting. Yeah, because you have so little to and say. And then calling her a gremlin. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I've never thought I'd ever hear someone compare someone to a gremlin. Arancha, mm-hmm. get it, girl, get it. And then it's the next day and they're coming back into the workroom and they do like a little tribute to Drag, Drag Volcano and the Canary Islands. You know that song? That's what they're singing. No, I... It was like a dance club hit in the 90s or the early noughties. I, no. Might be from Spain? No, I don't know. <laughs> they do do a mini challenge about football. Tom, what do you know about sports? Sports Did game? Did I say that wrong? Foot, foot is, that, is that how you say it? You call, sports. I believe sports. it's foot game. Sports. Spots. Spots. Spurts. Well, how have you pronounced like it? Yeah. So I really like this segment because, you know, I don't know, did you, was football part of 
your co- it's rugby in New Zealand, really, isn't it? Rugby's big in New Zealand. In the UK, like Spain, like a lot of European countries, um, football... I remember when I was young, in primary school, very, very young, we had these students come, this family from Yugoslavia mm-hmm. had moved in. And I think... Um, they were refugees um, that had mm-hmm. come to Auckland and they, they came to our school and their name was was Katia and uh, Matia mm-hmm. and uh, Dunya. Lovely. Wow, how do I remember their names? Beautiful names. And their last name was Spastic. Dunya Spastic. Oh, okay. Because okay. I used to be like, hey, yeah, Dunya, Dunya Spastic. Very fun. So oh. I used to sing that to her. She'd be like, she'd be like, bosh. <laughs> anyway, look, I was young. Oh, I was young. Okay. Anyway, so I used to sing this to this to the You're going to get us cancelled. <laughs> Stop it. And then... Um, Issue an apology video now. No, that's what I used to do. Look, I was young. Well, I was, what, eight? That was Scarlett Adams' excuse. Eight, seven. <laughs> well, she was not seven doing blackface. Back it up, Tom. Back it up. Uh, so um, I remember them saying... Because rugby was so big in our country, yeah. and they were such sports fanatic. Matia and um, uh, Matia was such a a big sports fanatic. He used to go around and say, "No, look, uh, football, but we call it soccer." He's like, "Football is the biggest sport. It's way more dangerous than rugby. Like you get your eye out." He, he was so passionate <laughs> about soccer. Well, it's a very European thing. He was so passionate about soccer, and like. It's so foreign because it's not in New Zealand. Like, the big thing is rugby and soccer is kind of like, you know, like, no one plays soccer. I mean, I, uh, you know, like most boys in Western Europe, football was foisted upon me from a young age. And I did my best to actually, do you know what? I did my best to play it just to fit in because it's something that all the boys did. But. I found that I much preferred like drawing my own comic books and playing Transformers and that sort of thing. Um, but I, it strikes me that a lot of these queens had a similar sort of experience. They talk about it very eloquently and they kind of roll their eyes like, oh, football is such a heterosexual thing. If one of them says, um, yeah, what we're going to do, I think it was at Anchester's like, um, the subtitle was just, yeah, let's do some heterosexual shouting. <laughs> it entertained me. The way that they talk about Football is very transferable and relatable to me um, in rugby. the sense of rugby because mm-hmm. rugby is what you would like give to your son and it's the uh, please don't be gay, here's rugby. Yeah. Rugby will fix you and uh-huh. then they hope that this masculine sport will do it. I did my best with football, I just never took. It was just, it wasn't happening I'm afraid and now I'm happy to say that I did my best but I have left that part of my life behind. I played rugby for many years. Mm. Many, many years. You have years. played rugby within the past few months. I but I actually grew up I went to, I was a I was part of a club. I played yeah. it at school. I played it for so long and I hated playing it. I I made good friends with it. I yeah. Made, I made good friends, but then I just realized that they're more passionate about it than me. And I did it because all my brothers were playing rugby. So then I had to play rugby. And I was I wasn't bad at it, but I just didn't enjoy it. I was just beyond bored and I was so bad at it. So I got stuck in defense all the time. Just, and they were like, kind of like, oh, mark him or intercept him or like just, they'd try and give me easy tasks to do, but I just had so little interest and I was so bad at it that it just never happened. And it did feel like I was counting down the 90 minutes. It was pretty Because pretty I was boring. a big boy, the coaches were always telling my dad, yeah, he's good, he's good. Mm. And I'm just like, oh my God, like stop it. <laughs> Coach, please, enough. It's not going to happen. I don't want to do it. Stop trying to make rugby happen. And so that's my experience of sports. And it's, um, I wasn't bad at it. Especially I, when I look at the queens play the football, I'm like, oh, okay. Actually, I felt I was like quite this the superstar was, compared to that. <laughs> I felt like this was like a really um, 
therapeutic experience for them because they were all like groaning and kind of rolling their eyes at it but then they got to do some like you know quick drag and they got and they, to they play, play with each other and no, they the looked like is, they were having a ball like a ball, the word literally. fag they reclaimed the sport yes. back because they played it on their own terms which is why when I play rugby now it's different it was because kind of, yeah. it's me playing it as a openly gay person who uh-huh. who you know acknowledges it and everyone else does so the environment's more comfortable but like when you're playing rugby with the lads mm-hmm. that don't know it's very very like bro 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 yeah. and you feel out of place because you're not bro bro but when everyone else is flying fairies like <laughs> when I play rugby here it's just like hey yeah hey girl yeah, yeah. I mean this is lovely because they look like they're having such a great time and it was kind of like a form of sort of almost like gradual desensitization or something because whereas if you put those girls in if you put them straight on a football pitch and expected them to play with a bunch of heterosexual guys they would hate it I think but put them in drag and put them with their sisters and they can enjoy a little four a side game it was lovely it could be a drag queen rugby team coming up soon it's a bit impractical probably with all the wigs and lashes and stuff can you imagine that working in a scrum um are you saying they'd have to be in drag well, they could put like those headgears and the wigs can just be underneath it. So it kind of holds it in place as well as being functional. Well, Tom, it's not a sports podcast. Can we move on, please? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is the... like, we'll workshop it. We'll workshop yeah. it. We'll, we'll, workshop. we'll throw some ideas around later. Um, so the mini challenge is there. And then the ki- winner of the mini challenge. Killer Queen. for Based on the looks. So they do some like comedy kind of football. And she does a kind of like thug at kind of thing. It was very silly and very fun. So yay. Killer Queen's getting a bit of recognition at last. Well, from, I always see the mini challenges as an excuse to... For the producers to decide who they want mm-hmm. in charge of the next part of the challenge. Yes. So I always see it as an agenda-driven. Mm-hmm. The maxi, the, the many challenges being an agenda-driven thing more so a talent. Mm-hmm. But um, I agree. not saying that Killer Queen doesn't have any talent. I do want to say this. You don't think I have any talent? The only talent you have is spending your father's credit card. Whose credit card? I said your father, and that wasn't even the dialogue. Yeah, sorry. I'm just adding in. I'm just ad-libbing, sorry. No room for ad-libbing when it comes to quotes, I'm sorry. Um, well, I'm just saying that they are sleeping in Colour Queen, so it's good that they finally gave her a win. Yeah. Talking about the Maxi Challenge, let's go on. So, I don't even really get the Maxi Challenge, but I think as we watch more of it, we'll understand it. But the Maxi Challenge is, they need to design their own advertising campaign to, tell, to sell themselves as top influencers. Mm-hmm. Then they talk about triple threats they have to learn new ways to strut the runway sing a song by rupaul and embrace your inner thespians as actresses yes and then they bring up the they have to choose one of the magazines and the magazines are glamour grannies hookers or nasty girls so it's reminding me a little bit kind of in theme of the season six makeup advert do you remember where they had to pair up like they have here and they had to appeal to different demographics okay like high school girls Uh... working ladies Cardo, Cardo. Yeah, Cardo. <laughs> Did the lipstick stay on? Um, so, yeah, it's reminding me a bit of that. I don't quite know how the triple threat thing is going to fit in. I think we were similarly confused over that. I guess maybe there'll be different elements to the advert, but we'll see. So, Killer Queen gets to choose. And I I don't know about you. I thought she chose quite graciously the, the roles. I think she was trying to give people things they could do. Yeah, she, yeah. she, she chose with her heart. She chose with her heart. She, she chose with her heart. heart. Yeah. Now, Color Queen, 
not only got to assign the uh, the magazine genres, but she got to choose and pair up the people. Yeah. So Color Queen chose Arancha to Castilla pair up La with, and they chose Grannies. Yeah. Now, uh, Color Queen paired up Farala and Davima with Glamour. They Makes paired sense. up Fetiferia and Inthi with Hookers. It's not the same. And Puppy Poison and Orgathio with Nasty not Girls. Not Tom, like, you can't pick and choose when I use it, okay? You've somehow you made it. Don't tell me how to talk. Not the T. Don't tell me how to conversate. Don't do it. Okay, don't. Just say talk. Um, yeah, I think she's given everybody something they can do well or have a bit of fun with. It's interesting that she gravitates. Doesn't towards... matter what you do, people will always find a reason to bitch about anything uh-huh, together. Uh-huh. Because Farala was like, and Puppy was like, yeah. "How come you gave glamour to Farala? <laughs> Why'd you do that? Because you know, yeah, and then Farala's like, "Yeah, I can do, I can do other things besides <laughs> glamour." It's like you can't please a bitch. You can't. <laughs> Just you know what? And this is what everyone needs to do. Worry about you. Who'd have thought drag queens finding a reason to be dra- dramatic and antagonistic? Yeah. Who'd have thought? It's insane. It's insane. Unheard of. Alien. Crazy. It's, it's, it's very gremlin. <laughs> very gremlin. Okay? Very fag gremlin. <laughs> I feel I can say that. I can say that, okay? We've because... reclaimed gremlin now as yeah. well. <laughs> We're representing all the gremlin people. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tom, I want you to talk to me about that mirror moment because we did get a mirror moment with uh, Color Queen and um, kind of talking about her weight problems. Mm-hmm. And I can kind of come into this as well. I'm actually I? more interested in what you have to say, actually. Okay, okay so what happened is Color Queen is talking. Well, can you explain it because you listen better? <laughs> well, Color Queen explained that uh, when she was younger, she was very heavy and she explained it wasn't. You know, the way she explained it was that she, she used the word obese. Uh, morbidly obese. Morbidly Interesting that she's 120 got, kilos. Which is really heavy. How much is that in pounds for our American listeners? I can't convert that to Alexa, pounds. It's, it's about 20 stone. Convert 120 kilograms to pounds. It's 20 stone. 120 kilograms is about 265 pounds. 265 pounds. 265 pounds. I mean, it's, it, you know, for a young person that is unhealthily heavy. Tom, I was that heavy in high school. Were you? Yes. I was 118, 120. It's, I guess what we're hearing here though is... is but I was, I was, I was in two mindsets. I let, in the beginning, I thought I was the hottest thing in the world. Mm-hmm. I used to walk around that playground asking people for money to get me some food from the canteen <laughs> as though I was like hot. And I was like, hey, do you have 50 cents? I want to buy me a pie. And I used to ask strangers. I was that kid. And I used to be like, when people used to talk to me and look at me in the eye, I'd be like, oh my gosh, she's got a crush on me. Oh, how do I tell her that I'm into her? And like, I was just really confident. I think that's amazing. No, though. it's not. It's a no, really delusional no, But do you know what I think is an important thing, though? I do think that when it comes to weight, I think the notions of health and beauty should be separated. That's a personal opinion of mine. I think big people... Uh, Anybody, any size can be beautiful. There's not to say that it's necessarily healthy. I, I just think there are important distinctions to make. Okay. It wasn't until later on in my life where I, st- where I started to become, I think it was near the end of high school where I started to think more about, oh, um, guys, and mm-hmm. I, I want to be attractive. That's when me being big became a kind of a problem. Well, because gays because, are vicious. Be- yeah, because, well, because 
before that I wasn't thinking about trying to get a, trying to impress people mm-hmm. I was just me and as me being a big person I was the, I was the most confident little thing ever that's wonderful thing. and then afterwards when I realized oh people don't find this attractive and then that that's when things started to become a bit like oh I, I need to lose weight now I need to be hot can, oh. can, can I ask do you think that growing up in a um, Pacific Island household might have helped you to see bigger as beautiful rather than the western um aesthetic i think that the western aesthetic is very sickly yeah i i I really do i think that the way that the western people see beauty is very unhealthy definitely absolutely different to the pacific islands um version of what we see is beautiful because beauty to us is strength yes a strong person someone that can um they can do labor someone they can like like they can you know build a house or someone they can work strong or a mm-hmm. lady a strong woman who can raise children yeah who can do that's that's the idea of beauty i think that's so wonderful our, our women are big and the western version of beauty is 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 just highly unhealthy completely different it's a stick what we object it's a stick what we um like, idolize it's evolved a little bit from the stick thin heroin chic aesthetic, but well, yeah, now now you guys want um shape, but it's a fake shape, it's surgically and enhanced, it's, it's surgical shape. shape. Yeah, it's it's yeah. But it's, we we have and you know I should not get started on the Kardashians because I won't shut up. But they are the main proponents of um this unrealistic unrealistic body goals being perpetuated as something normal. The Kardashians have a huge parts play in that and they're now falling afoul of their own standards because every image that they release has to be photoshopped to hell mm. because even even with the best stylists makeup and surgeons and all the money in the world and gyms and personal chefs they still cannot be satisfied with their image to the point where they could release just a candid shot of themselves and they don't admit to getting any work done I think it's so toxic. Yeah. Anyway, and we've veered away a little bit from Killer yeah. Queen. So, so, so what are we doing here? Who well, are we talking about? Killer Queen um, tells us in a really like raw and vulnerable way about the way that she was bullied at school, how people would take photos of her in the changing rooms. Oh, I can't imagine really, the really trauma. Horrible. The trauma, because you're already, you already feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. embarrassed humiliated ashamed of your body Mm -hmm. and then for other people to add on to that and then to take photos of you at your most vulnerable and to you at your most ugliest yeah that the trauma that that would have caused color queen i can't imagine leaves its mark and she explains and we have seen this before in drag race when people's self-esteem is taking a big knock and they don't have the most self-confidence because of those experiences because we do internalize traumas like that um, when they find drag, they find a sense of confidence and beauty and armor, um, and that's what Killer Queen has has done for the person behind Killer Queen. So it, again, a lovely story, and she tells it so emotionally as well. She's really raw in this. Um, so you know, it's it's wonderful that she shared that. I think Killer Queen looks stunning now. Gorgeous! What what a handsome fella! I mean, or that person face. person. I think she identifies as non-binary, doesn't she? So a handsome person. Face, face, face. Absolutely gorgeous. Like last week's face, I can still see it in my head. We use it as the um, in and out of drag. She's really pretty. Cover up. Yeah, yeah. It was such a nice moment of vulnerability. It definitely Um, was. I mean, we already love Color Queen, and Mm. now it's just gonna. It's just gone up a bit more. Yeah. And then Carmen declares that she is disbanding the um, 
the Beautiful Queens Club. What were they calling it again? Anti-Ugly Brigade. Anti-Ugly Brigade. Um, Do you think that was a... Okay, yeah, um, this is my moment to jump onto this. <laughs> Quite possibly. I, yeah, I too feel like should help you out here by saying <laughs> I am dispending the anti uglies because we're all ugly and we're also all beautiful. I love the idea. I bet, like, I suspect Carmen is somebody who is, has never, ever been victimized for their appearance. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and for her to say that is slightly empty. Yeah. But uh, there we go. It's a nice sentiment and world peace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Queen must be like, um, bitch. Yeah, can you let you me on my mind? You do not please? know my life. <laughs> you do not know my story. <laughs> Don't jump on this. Yeah, that's. What I, I just thought that was very. It was cute. It was cute. It though. was cute. Though. It was cute for her. Do you reckon they're gonna show us a bit more? I want to see if they have some rehearsals. Should we watch a bit more and see what they come up with? Let's have a quick chat about these rehearsals that we've seen. Uh-huh. It kind of gives a bit more clarification as to what the Mexi Challenge was. A bit more clarification. So yes. I'm not 100% sure, I will so say. It, cons- it comprises of a photo shoot. A photo shoot. With the genres. Yeah. And then the next part was them lip syncing. On a treadmill. As, on a treadmill as those genres. Yeah. Think um, they, they season kind of like, six. Yeah. Season six, Bianca yeah. Dario on the treadmill. We're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very much there. You're playing and drag queens or treadmill? And then the last one was improv. So It was improv acting, wasn't it, with a vague... Out- I think, like you say, the thing was, like, you've been given these characters, st- stick with them throughout these three three different challenges. Yes. Uh, yes still I'm- very, very interesting. I, 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 like, we've got to the point where we're not sure if they're going to edit something together in some sort of advert, right? The, the assignment was, how well do you work with your partner... Uh-huh. In that genre together. And also embrace these these scenarios where you've had minimal briefing really. Yeah. Uh just the, Well, the, what's improv? Well they they had to adapt to every situation. Each girl came in a bit and they were basically told what to do on the spot. And then they were like, Oh, okay, okay. It was really I I would say that this Mexi challenge was a an improv challenge. Yeah. The whole thing was very improv. It was kind of like a crash course in being a funny drag queen. Well, it wasn't a course. It was... Um, it they, get was... A, they get a certificate at the end of this. <laughs> it was a... Um, oh, gosh. It was... Let's, let's laugh at you. Let's mm. make a whole joke out of you. Let's be silly let's drag em- queens. Let's embarrass you. Let's let go of our inhibitions. What it, we... It's like they've gone to an improv class and it's like, a, it's like a, this is the warm-up exercise. I could not do improv. I, there's nothing about letting go in front of strangers. You'd be like Valerie Cherish. I would very much be like Valerie Cherish. I'd be <laughs> like, because I, I, I need to get it right. I he, need he's, to be he's, good. He's, we started talking at the same time. Yeah. What do we do? What do we do now? Okay. Stay in the scene, Valerie. <laughs> I would be very bad at improv. So things like this, mm-hmm. to do improv with someone else and then create a fictional scenario in your head. Something about that, to me, is quite humiliating to, to try and be. I'm a grown-ass man. Why are you trying to, me to telling me to pretend all these situations? Can I tell you a little secret? You do improv every week on this show. It's not improv, Tom. You're better than you think. You're better than you <laughs> Believe think. Believe in yourself, yes. Carl. Believe in I'd yourself. I'd like you to embrace embrace what you're doing here. It's improv. So what? Did you see any connections that you thought was quite good? And who, just from the rehearsals, what do we think of some of the queens? 
Did we learn something new about them? Did you fall in love with anyone? I thought they all did fab. I mean, it was very, very entertaining to watch. Okay, cool. Uh, the ones who seemed to struggle the most, I think maybe... Yeah, that's where I'll start, actually. I'm going to be really, really negative and start with the ones I think that struggled the most. I think Inti and Sagittaria might have struggled the most to adapt to the different situations. Okay. Um, certainly with the acting improv, um, maybe in the lip sync... And kind of, oh, yeah, they ran out of steam in the, um, oh, no, they didn't, actually. They were quite good in the in the photo shoot. Maybe that was more their realm as, as actual, you know, beauty model girls. They just felt at ease in the photo shoot. But they kind of struggled in the improv. They ran out of steam a bit. I I think, actually, Sagittaria was good. Inti struggled more with I the improv, think, didn't she? I think Inti struggled more, mm-hmm. more so she struggled with the improv. However, I felt Inti took, um, she kind of, she benefited with being with Sagittaria. Because Sagittaria was going in there, not giving a crap, all that very, very, that youthful mm-hmm. bliss that she has. She just went for it and it doesn't matter what she does in her head it's right she said so she went in there doing that she went in there with that energy and i think Inti benefited from that however when i came where she had to rely on herself was the improv because the improv she can't feed you the lines you can't feed her for energy that way and, and that, she, she kind of had the lead bit really in the improv so, she? yeah so because she kind of struggled there i think what was expected of her because it was that whole oh farcical two people on a phone call scenario i think she was supposed to do double entendres with cooking and sex talk. Yeah. I think that's what she was supposed to do. But in reality, she was kind of like, oh, baby, oh, baby. And now, mum, what you need to do is turn the oven on. <laughs> you know? <laughs> she, looks, she was very literal, where she needed to talk about the cheese. Yeah, she needs to be like, you mm, need to... The, yeah, the, the, when it stirs and it's, and it's nice and mountain. It is harder than you think, and, and though, then when isn't you go, it? it? Well, yeah, just wait. So it keeps stirring until mm. it hardens. And then when she turns to the client, and when it hardens, I like um, to... And then talk about the... You know, what, hard, what, what else hardens? What you really need in this recipe is a sausage. Yes, that's what she needed to yeah. do. Mum, just stir the knob to high. Yeah. And then that knob could also be like... And when it's hard enough and high enough, you can just insert it into... The she needed to start off knowing what she was what the double entendres were going to be every cooking double entendre needs a sausage yeah. you need to start with the sausage there it is there we go yeah and a knob and a knob of butter yeah we, we'd have sorted that we'd have been fine i think i who else i i think ugafio uh-huh. benefited with being with Poopy. Poopy's just a pro, isn't she? But yeah. Ugathia embraced that. She had a kind of like, uh, they, they were called the nasty girls, weren't they? But yep. they were kind of like, she's like a punky goth girl, wasn't she? And I think she embraced that role. She fell off the treadmill, poor thing. But um, otherwise, I think they did pretty well. What about Killer Queen and Arancha? What about their relationship and how they work together did you we didn't see much they cut away from them the acting challenge i didn't get a clear sense of how they did there mm. but they definitely like stayed in character and seemed to play well off each other yeah. in the photo shoot and the lip sync yeah um and then our other pair was carmen and dovima i thought they did well they they got a bit lost in the photo shoot because they weren't sure if they were glamour girls or um hookers or nasty girls yeah like for me when i think glamour i think the real housewives pure of wherever. white fashion i think pure white couches <laughs> i think dollar signs i think elegance Caviar. i think fashion. Gucci. Yeah. fashion that's what i see when i when i think of fashion when i think of glamour that's what i see but i think farala farala and the vima were really doing like slutty whores 
and it wasn't glamour. It just wasn't glamour. I, they did better in the acting, I think. They took it in a direction that they didn't expect it because they... they no, up- I don't think that they're good in the acting at all. I think that they failed miserably and they tried to, they tried to fix it by doing something crude, like a kiss, like oh, the kiss kissing is, is so crude. It. Well, that's what people do. They <laughs> they try to when they know that they're doing crap, they try to do something like <gasps> shocking or like funny, crude to save the whole scene. I don't know. Supreme was laughing by the end of it because of the kiss. Yeah, but like they did that. That's just my. Opinion. That came from their brain. That's just my opinion, Tom. That's what I think. I think they'll look stunning in the photos. Whatever happens, um, and. It was very, very hard with any of them to get a sense of how the lip sync went, really, because it was just kind of like, oh, I'm here, I'm on treadmill, I'm lip syncing. It was Mayhem Miller. It was, it was Mayhem, yeah, Mayhem Miller made a return mm-hmm. again. <laughs> yeah, to to, yeah. to uh, All Stars España. Yeah, she came uh, there with her eyes. I think the best thing for us to do was, I've, I'm pretty sure that they are going to kind of create a clip for us to have a look It'll, at, and then yeah. maybe we can judge that and see a before and after. Yes. Yeah. Okay, let's have a look at the... Final performances really <laughs> yes. on the main stage, yes. and we'll kind of combine it with the runway. We're going to go bit by bit because there's a lot to take in. This there's a photo shoot. There's a lip sync. Yeah. There is a improv. Mm-hmm. There is. Uh, These girls are working hard this episode. This, this is a, there's a lot happening. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and it's it's just. It's too much for me, Tom. <laughs> it's, it's more than I can manage. It's more oh, than I'm used goodness to. Me. But you know, we'll try our best. Now, the first pair that we've got, we've just seen the ad for um, the Arancha and Killer Arancha Queen. Arancha and Queen, and, and they're the, the grannies, abuelas. The abuelas. What do we think? Now, we're just talking about everything in, in regards to the improv challenge because I think that's the main thing they're focusing. on I here. think the bulk of it is that, isn't the it? Like, oh, there's a quick shot and there was a quick reference to the lip sync, but you see like a loads of performance. And then they kind of do this skit. <laughs> I think that them two work really well I think together. So too. I, I really like the absurdity yeah. of the improv. It was there was, so there was, there, this wasn't scripted. They were no. given a scenario and then told to act. And I think they did a really good job uh, how it went from two old ladies reminiscing uh-huh. into two old ladies reminiscing of the time that they hooked up Down by the and, river. into death because of a pill. And then the other person just died just because. I know. So dramatic. I thought I thought that was it was it was it was funny. First of all, it was funny, and yeah. I think they worked well together. It was silly. It was absurd. I'm like chuckling at the thought of it because it was just so silly. One of the things that I think, if there was to be anything to say, that, that there needs to be time for, I think, Color Queen to breathe. Yeah, I think Color Queen. Like um, like I was here earlier, is uncomfortable with silence mm. and wanted to always f- make sure that there was sound going on. But if if there's no silence and dialogue, there's no way for another person to know in an improv yeah. when to interject or you know like so it was. I, I feel like she it worked. I think Arancha was really good, and even though there was no silence, yeah. she found a way to find a, to find an in. But I, I felt like there could have been places for them to just breathe and chill. But I think that's just me being trying to trying to sound like I know what I'm talking about. No, I think you've got a point. I think Killer Queen's a real striver. I think she she's one of those people like a lot of us. She feels like the amount of work you put in equals the payoff that you get, kind of thing. Um, but so she's she's working all the time. She's clearly a very industrious person. But I was entertained. You know, it was good. I'd have thrown money at them. Now, should we go on to the runway looks? So yes. this runway theme, 
I thought it was fantastic, and I thought it was just really like joyful. Isn't it? It's really like season nine's hometown, doesn't it? It is a lot like that, yeah. Or you know, um, season one of Drag Race UK. Yeah, it's something that's been done. But this was really, really joyful. I felt like there's a lot of pride emanating from the girls as they came down the runway. Killer Queen's makeup is amazing. Really, really good. Now, so I had I had to do a couple of quick little googles as I Wait, went along. Is there prosthetics here. as well? It is. I think it is over her lips. And oh, my gosh. Uh, She's got prosthetics and amazing makeup. I Wow. Killer Queen's look is fantastic. So she mentions the um, chulapa, which I, a very quick Google tells me that it refers to people who live in a certain part of Madrid. Uh, I don't quite get the cat reference, but I love it. Um, you know, she could have stepped out of Cats, the musical. Um, but she's got like a flamenco twist going on. She's got like this bolero jacket and the flared trousers um, and the inclusive flag on her back, which is kind of like adorned with flowers and different elements. Her, her runway looks are excellent. Um, she's really, really good. She does like to represent um the lgbt community last week there were the trans colors in her outfit yeah this week she's got the pride colors i think it's you know talking about roots and she said this is a reference to how um supportive her family have been which was lovely Aww. what about arancha arancha again this is like a really fun look certainly arancha doesn't have the same polish Especially when we see her standing next to... Polish. Um, we see her standing next to Killer Queen. But it I was mean, like, there's nail polish and then there's polish remover. <laughs> and polish remover, Dad. Yeah. Can I tell you... When please, I, please do. Please tell when, me, when Tom. I, when I say this runway made me hungry, it really, really did. Because she came out dressed as Manchego Cheese, representing um, uh, Castilla-La Mancha. And then she did a quick change and she said that she's not actually from Castilla Mancha. She's from um, Extremadura, um, which is more represented by a lovely ham. And that's what she's got on the second outfit. Um, I'm starving. I really am. I want some tapas. Okay. Well, well you know. Can we, can we go get calm some down. after this? Easy. Yeah, wait your turn. <laughs> I think they did a great job together. Yeah, they've got uh, lovely chemistry. Yeah, I think they did a great job together. They made us laugh, and Color Queen's runway was great. Um, and Aranches was joyful, just less polished. Yeah. It was very fun. Agreed. Uh, the next one we have was the Glamour Squad, and the Glamour Squad was <laughs> the Vim and Carmen Farala. Mm. Now, I think I am getting the gist of it. It really is more on the improv yeah, it really part is. of it. Yeah. So, what did you think? From the rehearsals, what we saw is that they kind of didn't know what they were doing and Mm -hmm. they needed a lot of direction. But looking at the final product, and I'm only going to judge the final product, I thought it was silly and stupid, but funny. They made it work. I know we spoke earlier about like the kind of, oh, the predictability of like descending into like a lesbian kiss kind of thing. But they made it funny. The whole stuff about like, a top is so hard to find. I'll be your top girl. I'll bend you over. Yes. It was really, really funny. Yeah, Mm. it was. It was, yeah. It was fun. It was fun and silly. I th- it was silly. If, if any of these girls are hitting the fun and silly mark, they're doing their job. Yeah. So this was good. I, they looked stunting. They looked great. It was the... He's short. It was, it was yeah, things... That was he's too short for us, girl. Yeah, and then the whole top and bottom, how it's hard to find a top. Uh-huh. And um, what you said about I've been you over. It's just stupid and silly things like that. And it, it kind of... It kind of worked. It did work. Didn't it? It did work. Yeah. Now, onto the runway looks. These are two of my favourite looks on the runway. Uh, start with Carmen. 
Um, Carmen is in this sort of, well, she says it's inspired by the Iberian lynx, which is a beautiful, rare and endangered cat in the Iberian Peninsula. So she's created a kind of, you know, again, another reference to cats, um, kind of bodysuit a little bit, Azadine Alaya with the kind of spots as if he'd done more like lynx, more than leopard print. I think it's really, really pretty. I just didn't like, like the that sideburns thing she had on. But that's a lynx. Lynxes have sideburns. They have these tufts of fur that come out of the side of their faces. Oh, Can am we? I just dumb? I, I think maybe you've not seen a lynx. <laughs> like that's Africa? got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> like Lynx Africa? Um, that's my... It's a little bit different. That's kind of what I... That's my reference. Uh, it's a little bit that different. boom chicka wow wow! <laughs> do you remember that ad? Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah. God. Sorry, I digress. Um, I'd say, yeah, that's a direct reference to the animal. That's why that's there. Um, Dovima is maybe my favourite runway look this week because um, it's a real nod to John Galliano, which she mentioned. Um, John Galliano did runway, which had these kind of like um, half-armoured kind of looks going on but also i feel like the headpiece is a bit of a nod to Alexander mcqueen's joan runway where there was lots of chainmail um effects going on as well i think she's really pretty i love the like tough and pretty elements put together it's a little bit reminiscent of uh, one of simone's uh, finale looks remember Yes. Same source material. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I like both of the looks. However, I do think that Carmen's looks a bit costumey. Oh, they're drag queens. I don't... I, I'm never on board with that as a critique of a drag queen. It looks costumey. It's like they're drag queens. What does that mean? You sound like Michelle Visage. Yeah, I am her. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I told her not to wear green. I hate it. <laughs> it reminds me of fungus. I, I do think that if, the thing is I if I think that I can buy it from the uh, party costume store I then I don't think it if you can make it look like Carmen then that's fine no one can make it look like there you Carmen, go Tom. I'm sorry I'm sorry that I you know what am I allowed to speak about how I feel on these costumes Tom I know that you're the fashion girl but like <laughs> uh, I have eyes let me speak let me have a voice oh we all have eyes okay oh we okay, all have Ursula, eyes let me have a voice thank you uh yeah i like both of the looks i davima's makeup is stunning as well it's very lovely do you very think they're a bit than the grannies it's really really hard for me to i was amused by both i couldn't really pull one ahead of the other, if I'm being very honest. Okay, cool. Well, I still think that the grannies had a better improv challenge. Okay. Uh, however, the fashion goes to the Glamour Squad. Go on, then. We've still got one more team to have a look at. Two more teams. Two? Mm-hmm. No one died at Stonewall? <laughs> <laughs> was, it, was it really there? Yeah. Like, two? What? No one died at Stonewall? Okay, <laughs> let's see the next team. I want you to take the lead for the next pair, which was... Okay. Uh, Ugasio and Poopy. Uh, I thought Poopy was the real leader in this one. I think they were both really good, but Poopy is clearly more experienced with improv comedy and little bits of script writing and stuff. I felt like she had most of the funny lines and Hugathio did a good job of reacting and responding and building on that. Are you saying... uh, I think you're saying what I'm... Think you're saying, and I agree that Poopy took the lead. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And Hugatio took the cues. Yeah, but did, did a good job of lead. that. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is that 
the improv came more from Poopy mm-hmm. and she kind of followed the unwritten script. Yeah, and there were some good lines in the line that you pulled out my intestine, which is waxing her bum. And um, I like the kind of like vaguely Benny Hill-ish running around physical bit as well. So the physical it was comedy. It very, very silly. The physical comedy was good from yeah. Poopy's part. I think that Ugasio did a good job. I think that the lead definitely came from Poopy. Agreed. And uh, maybe it, maybe it's not to my humor, but it just it, it got a bit too like okay, you're just now you're relying too much on the absurdity of things for the humor and not really the humor. Okay. That's just my opinion. That's just that's just me. That's just okay. me, Tom. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion, and I always validate you. No, you fuck it up. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, what about their fashion? Tell me what their runway looks. You like? You like? So, um, the fashion, I thought Poopy looked great. I think this is the best she's looked on the runway so far. Um, this was a reference. She she had lots of symbolism in there that she, she explained. Um, so, I believe she's from Madrid. And she said, she talked about the strawberry tree and the bear and the chalapas. Um, the, the whole dress had a kind of like flamenco-esque kind of quality to it. Um, and she was talking about the earrings being different symbols. So one had the um, the windmill from Castilla-La Mancha, and the other one was an octopus representing Peru. I think she said so. Mm-hmm. Paying tribute to all her different um, grandparents and everything. So it was really, really wonderful that she really told a story with her outfit. Um, Ugathio was typically um, conceptual and so interesting to look at. I thought this was so intriguing. And I feel like I'm learning a lot from all these girls this week because I'm having to Google things in between. Um, so Ugathio, as as we could have guessed, really, um, w- the color scheme was the non-binary flag. And she had this kind of like asymmetric, like Picasso-esque thing going on and the, the eye on one shoulder. Very felt, felt like it kind of referenced, you know, Spanish art history. Um and she said it's a particular um, reference to uh, to the fire, which, again, a quick Google tells me is something ceremonial that happens in spring, which involves the burning of artistic monuments, and it's inspired by ancient Valencian carpenters. Cool. So, again, telling, and that special effect on the heart was fantastic. Yeah, with the fire. I, I, think, I think she looks like a work of art. I could stare at her all day. You see, I just don't have your sophisticated eye because I, when I look at Ugasio, I just see something quite unfinished, um, and it's maybe, and it's right. I, I don't understand the references that you're giving. I don't understand the references that she's giving. But from the naked eye, I just see something that looks like a children's drawing, and it's it just doesn't look cool to me. But I appreciate okay. it once I'm told the story. But it's it just doesn't look amazing to me. And when I look at Poopy, I I see I see like a, a drag queen at a children's story time. So there's just so much going on, and I think that's what I would love to see if I was to invite someone to read to children. If she walked in with this, or the kids would be like, "Oh wow, amazing! Mm. So much going on," and and the kids will love it, and more is better, and, and more is more. So, so I appreciate well, that on a drag level because mm. it's like fun and campy. I guess uh, what but, I'm hearing- the, but but with Ugasio, I think it's the her art is. To me, too sophisticated, but I know that you love it, so that's okay. 
I, I, I would say it, it's it's fine. I think like what I'm hearing with Poopy is you're kind of like seeing something recognizably drag in what she produces there. Ugasio pushes the envelope a lot more. So yeah, it is it is unpalatable at times. I just find it highly interesting. It's like it's like you know when you go to a new restaurant and mm. then there's all these sophisticated food that everyone brags about and you mm. taste it and you're like, I don't see what's so special. But then when you go to somewhere and you know the food and you like it and you enjoy it. So that's kind of the way that I am digesting their mm. fashion. As I don't understand Ugasio's fashion because it's just not in the scene that I'm in. It's I, just not what I look at. I think she's one of the most unique artists we've ever seen on Drag Race. Yeah. Okay. Cool. The last pair is Inti and Sagittaria. Mm-hmm. And they were the nasty girls. Nasty. No, they were, they? they were the hookers. The hookers. Yeah. Who were the nasty the nasty girls we just had? Yeah. They were the hookers. Mm-hmm. And uh I want to say this. Sagittaria we don't really see much of her, but what we do see of her is good. Yes, it is. Over the, yeah, yeah. Over the weeks, uh, every time that she's had to be on, she's been on. And I want to say that she was quite fabulous. She was very good. She was very, very good. good with the improv. Mm-hmm. Very, very sexy. Very motherly. Very strict. Very... I mean, I just thought that she really stole the scene. Very good at yes anding, wasn't she? Very yes. And, she, and creating more yeah, situations. She was creating more dialogue, creating more. You've not changed the line, you silly bitch. Oh, oh God. I thought you were talking to me and about it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God you're here. Where have you been, you bitch? <laughs> I thought you were telling me. I'm like, what? I haven't changed what? <laughs> no, she has, She was really good at creating the uh, scenario and creating um, spaces for them to move the scene mm-hmm. to. I think Sagittaria was great here. She's really good. I felt like Inti didn't quite match her energy um, in this situation. Um, she, she, They both looked stunning. Um, such sharing that little latex number and Inti it, it, this reminded me of um, remember the dress that Astina Mandela referenced the I think it was a Dior dress that Kate Moss ru- walked the runway in mm-hmm. that that kind of sheer black number okay reminded me a bit of that um, but yeah um, both looked stunning but yeah Inti just didn't quite she she kind of picked up a little bit by the end but she she struggled to match Sagittarius energy I think I think Inti did an okay job. I think she did a good job, but you can tell that Sagittaria controlled the scene. Yeah. She controlled the scene. Mm-hmm. And Inti was there for the ride. Uh, but the runways, Inti's look is very... Again, it's 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 like Ugasio's, where I don't understand it, but at least when I look at hers, I can find ways of appreciating it. I think it's stunning. I, I think to look at her face... I could have that headpiece in the lounge. Yeah. I so, mean, she is art. She's she walking really, really art. Is. And I love the fact that, because she's got a somewhat different heritage to the rest of the girls, because she's from Bolivia and she has indigenous South American heritage. So I, I just love how she's she's showcasing that with, with this costume. And she makes a particular reference to the, I think she said, uh, Diablada, um, which uh, it's it just the whole, the whole, the whole, I could just stare at her all day. There's just so much detail and so much to take in. I really love this. What about um, Sagittarius' look? Um, I guess... This did is, it make you hungry? It did. It did because she was talking about Creme Catalan. Because um, <laughs> she's from Barcelona, isn't she? So she's um, beautiful. Uh, and it's this kind of 
creamy honey coloured latex number with with again quite a lot of like drip detail it's really good i think she looks stunning yeah it's like one of those venus prototype numbers you know the like like megan the stallion wears all the time tom we've seen everything who are the tops and bottoms this week for you um i think the top could be the likes it depends if they're judging pairs or not to be honest i'm asking you tom who are your tops and bottoms <laughs> and i'm going to answer your question thank you i think poopy was great um i think killer and arancho were great um i think maybe sagittaria she was also great the tops for me was color queen and i think Killer Queen did a good job. I think she needs to be on the top. No, 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 sorry. Sagittarius did a good job. Color Queen did a good job. And those are to my two tops. It, not Poopy. Uh, okay, and Poopy. Okay. The bottoms this week is going to be Inti. Mm-hmm. It may also be um, either Carmen or uh, Davima. I would say I would say Carmen would be nearer the bottom than Dovima. I think Dovima improvised a bit better. And uh, Ogasio. Ogasio yeah, and maybe Ogasio. NT for me are the bottoms. I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. But I'd like to say nobody was tragic this week. No. It's just a matter of like who was, was somewhat the... better and who was slightly not as good. Yeah, so do we agree on those? And it was a, I love the joy of this runway as well. I thought it was a really good that's runway. It's really cute. Um, let's see. Before we get into the the final parts of it, I think we need to talk about what happened with the judging with regards to Inti. We do, we do. Now, I think we both appreciated Inti's runway. I did. did. You did. As the critique was being given to Inti regarding um, they wanted to see more and more I don't know what your opinion is more, I'll, I'll but give less. you mine yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. I want you to think outside the box without going outside of it <laughs> do you know we'd like it to be like really really cold but also like really warm in certain yeah, parts yeah be smooth but make sure to cut us <laughs> you know, that's, that's all we ask for <laughs> what we want is subdued but drama what I, when it's something like your hometown and it's and especially when it's something mm-hmm. to do with your identity when you present your identity and however you present it in this form it's art and fashion mm-hmm. you don't say change it you either like it or you don't okay you don't say you could have done this and this and this and this and this no this is my identity this is how mm-hmm. this is my this is my roots it, this is my yes. this, this is it and this is i'm showing it to you for you to um it's not for you to tell me what's Completely right or agree. wrong about it it's for you to just take it at face value yeah so that's that's where i stand when i saw i don't know which judge it was giving her the critique but you could have done this, this, and this. That's not what you do when someone's giving you their culture. Yes, it's not what I you agree. do. If it's not your culture and you are not the expert on it, you shut your mouth. You shut <laughs> yeah. your mouth and you just say, I like it or I don't get it or whatever. And then you let them explain it to you. So I was yeah. a bit pressed myself. I, I was on her behalf. When I, when, yeah. I, when I heard the judge saying it's empty. And when empty pushed back saying, don't you think that would have been a bit too much? Mm-hmm. That should have been her cue. To be like, oh, I've offended you and mm-hmm. your culture. Maybe I should sit my ass down they and did, shut up they did and hear what you have to say. A little, but they backtracked it. But I, I yeah, that's I, how I feel. I I can understand Inti's anger because mm-hmm. I was I was already getting upset. Yeah, and I was already getting angry at that judge because this is not for you to critique. 
I agree. It's not for you to. This is actually beyond a hometown look. This is about her, her ethnicity and her yes. culture and her nation. And she also explained very eloquently that it was derived from a carnival that was designed to um, uh, scare, scare off, off conquerors. Yes, exactly. And um, colonizers. So it was so basically very, said, very... Scare you off. Yes. It was your people I'm scaring off it so was that we're going to get colonized. Very... I take the hint, bitch. It was, it, was, I was... it was a true expression of her roots. Yeah. And we both thought she looked fantastically beautiful on the runway. I, for, I'm playing devil's advocate. Um, I think the judge was nitpicking because it was an excellent runway for a lot of the girls and they needed a, in they could have just focused on Inti's performance oh, though they, they, that was they enough wanted to, to be put nitpicky. in the bottom. there was so much to pick at in the performance mm. without having to talk about the fashion mm-hmm. without having to talk about her hometown so yeah that's, that's they should where have stayed away from it it would have been far yeah, more that's sensitive where I, stand. I i really don't unless you were also from her village unless you were also from the same culture yeah then you could have spoke and said things that you did but you're not and you don't understand it and it's not your upbringing so yeah. just just don't so i'm thinking obviously given what happened so obviously uh so what happened was that Inti after the runway Inti left and she literally was like i'm out she uh, the writing day, was on the wall yeah and she because there were only four girls being judged top and bottom it was kind of obvious who was top and bottom yeah so it would have been dovima versus Inti, definitely Inti went backstage and the minute she's well, I saw her take her makeup off I'm like oh well she's you could see the minute she walked off the stage she was out she she picked up her headdress and it was almost like I'm not putting myself through this anymore um and that sense so it, it was, it, you can draw parallels to Jimmy the other, Lemon the other side of it to me is that you signed up for this yes see, that's, yeah, yeah. that's so I'm not saying that what I'm saying is that the judge shouldn't shouldn't have gone there mm-hmm. what I the judges her feedback and her critique wasn't warranted because of given the um, the theme mm-hmm. of the runway I'm not saying that she should have that justifies her leaving the competition yeah I don't think that I think if you sign your ass up to it and I, if I, I think that if you already feel the last two weeks you've been treated unfairly maybe you should have given your spot up much earlier because those two queens would afford to stay that's what I feel I don't think she should have gone but I don't think that the judge sort of said what she said. It's becoming like, maybe it's just because we've got so many different seasons of Drag Race being put out at the moment. But this has happened really recently. It's very, very similar to what happened with Ginny Lemon, except Ginny walked off halfway through the lip sync. Well, Ginny was another unique artist who I think didn't feel appreciated in that circumstance. But I do agree with you. You're signing up for a reality TV show with a really specific format, um, which also is looking for a very particular thing. So you're signing yourself, you know, the flip side of the exposure is that you're going to get criticized and not everybody's going to appreciate what you do. So there is that side to it, but but given the critiques, uh, I think we can all see where Inti came from today. The thing that Inti said was, Inti was like, I'm not here to be judged. I'm here to be judged wrong. Like the judges aren't seeing what I'm giving. They don't see mm. this. They don't see that. And we see it. We do. I get. We get it. Yeah. The people watching the show are gonna get it because I did. So maybe you think of the bigger picture. Uh, what a- happened anyway? That Sagittarius won. Congratulations. Congratulations. Very Jessica. very. I, I think that was great. I was it rooting for been, her. It could have been her or Poopy. Yeah, poor Poopy, poor Poopy. Poopy's been near to winning a few weeks, well, two weeks in a row now. 
Yeah. Definitely not the first week. She actually should have been in the bottom. The first and the bottom week. was the Vima, and she got to do. She lucky. She got to do a solo, solo performance. performance, like sister, sister. And how? I mean, that was great. And then the queens for the queens to come on during the lip sync and join in, and it was just such a. It, they, made, they made it a fun and joyful ending when it could have ended on a really sour note. I will miss NT. I feel like um, a couple of the most unique queens artistically have now gone because Drag Volcano and Inti, I felt like both of them had such distinct, unique identities and aesthetics. Well, Glacio, so the pressure's on you to stay. It really is in terms of like, all the queens here are fabulous, don't get me wrong, but in terms of uniqueness, it's kind of Ugasio now. Yeah. Um, so sad, sad to see Inti go. Um, having said that, she she might. I, I think it's the circumstances that get me more than anything. Had their lips, well, it would have been Davima's second time in the bottom. So you know, unless she, as we always say, learned to fly, learned to breathe fire, she she might have been Davima going this week. I mean, it was only her second time, so I think. I don't think Davima should have been in the bottom too. Yeah, I think Augustia should have been there. Probably, probably. Mm. Well, that's it. That's another it. episode that is i tell you what i love that lip sync song though i've added it to my spotify playlist really <laughs> it's like fun euro trash i love it so you pop yourself some sangria sing the song better what else have we learned como we've learned a lot about um the heritage of different towns in spain you've it, learned it was about a very educational you've learned about the iberian links yeah more than just... If they a... have things on the side of their face because yeah. I'm stupid. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> no. Everyone, thank you for listening to another podcast episode with Spilling the Jeans. He is Spanya. Yeah. Please make sure to write us a review if you can. Make sure to follow we us on Twitter reviews. and our Instagram. But you'll see us next week. Join us next week for the finale of Drag Race Down Under. Oh, yeah. Uh, we are going to cover it as much as I don't want to because I just don't like where it's going. We are Team Ketamine. Oh, it better be Kita winning. Uh, oh, my God. I don't know how I'd feel... I don't know how I feel. Then we'll ha- we'll have a week or two then of just covering Espana before um, All Star Six. Yeah, and then yes, so then we'll have one podcast dedicated. All our energy goes to Espana from next week yes, onwards. So please join us, then. This is Paulo and Doctor Tom. We'll see you guys later. Lots of love, guys. See you soon. Mm-hmm.